So what's the big problem with wealth creation? How do people like us, who didn't inherit a boatload of money, who are investing and building wealth from our own blood, sweat and tears, how do we invest in a way that gives us remarkable results and become financially free before retirement age? I don't know about you, but I am sick of hearing from wealth gurus and experts who don't walk their own talk and prescribe strategies that are a one-size-fits-all approach. For self-made people like you and me, I'm here to tell you that you don't need to be superhuman or already wealthy to reach financial freedom earlier than 65. This is the Alternative Investing Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today, the question that I really want to unpack for many of you is, are you really prepared to redesign your life when you have financial independence? And I'm actually going to say in advance, the answer for most is no. Now, a lot of you are listening to this podcast in the first place because you really want to achieve financial independence. But please bear with me. This is actually a very relevant episode, regardless of where you are on your journey to financial independence. And I guess I'm being very clear about this word financial independence as distinct from the word retirement because essentially what I'm trying to draw a line in the sand around is this concept of you work because you choose to work or you create purpose because you choose to create purpose. So there's really two parts to the question here. And the first part is really asking the question is, does wealth actually bring you the happiness and freedom that you crave? And then the second part, which is really the bit that I actually want to go deep on today is, When financial independence is within reach, do we justify kicking the can down the road uh, for reasons that we don't even consciously know? So there's a story I want to tell you about a client of mine that I've worked with over a number of years. He is a white collar professional. He's someone who uh, studied very hard, came to Australia as a very unskilled but intelligent and hardworking migrant and went about putting themselves through university as a more mature age student to become a doctor. And the story of this guy is admirable on so many levels, but uh, most importantly, he really carries the burden of responsibility for his family overseas, and he's now regarded in his own profession as one of the leaders in this specialization that he's gone into. Now, I'm telling you about this guy, James, because I want you to understand a little bit more around some of his money psyche. And from the get-go, when we started working together, he was obviously earning really great money. He'd already done a bit of investing. He'd acquired a handful of investment properties. He was telling me on all accounts that his highest value was time. And, you know, I had no reason initially to doubt that. But one of the things I realized after working with him for some time is that although he said time was his highest value and that spending time with his wife and children mattered to him greatly, he actually was really within a stone's throw of having the financial independence that he craved. He described himself as relatively frugal. The family could pretty much get by on under $150,000 a year, probably more like 100 to 120 before tax. And yet, he made no efforts or didn't even give himself permission to even take half a day off work so that he could participate 
in the kids' schooling activities or sports carnivals or, you know, extracurricular. You know, I'm telling you this story because it's something that I have witnessed time and time again, that there is this massive disconnect between what people say they want, which is generally uh, kind of connected to some version of time, that time is their highest priority and their highest value. And there's a disconnect between that and then the actions they ultimately take. You know, I think that this is particularly common for a lot of white-collar professionals, dentists, doctors, accountants, lawyers, those sorts of people. But it's also very common amongst business owners or those people who have a very deep connection from an identity perspective with the profession that they maintain. So, you know, I think where I'm going with this conversation, and I want to couch this in the right way, is that anecdotally, my experience with people is that they say they want financial independence. They say they want their time back. They say that they would leave their professions in a heartbeat if they had independent income supporting their lifestyle. But I call bullshit on it. And so, really, that's the starting point for what I want to unpack a little bit around today. And the truth of the matter is that all of these people suffer from this concept of just not being able to kind of give themselves permission to start designing life sooner because they are deeply, I guess, fearful of a few things. And my thesis is that The reason that so many professionals do not design what I'm calling an exit ramp from their professions or their work is because they feel a fear or a loss around control, around status, which is very much tied to who they perceive they are within their profession, or a loss of certainty. So, a feeling that the rug could get pulled out from under them and that they couldn't rely on the wealth that they've created. So, I'm not necessarily suggesting that this applies to you. I'm just suggesting that it's a very common thing. I think that um, essentially the question that I'm asking you guys to marinate on is, is this true for you? If you were in a position to give up work, Would you actually do it? Now, I know there's a whole bunch of you out there and including myself in this who feel that they really love the work they do. However, um, a lot of people that I work with, high net worth individuals who say they love their work will also say in the same breath, but I wish I didn't have to work at the intensity that I'm working at right now or I wish that I wasn't compelled to get out of bed every morning to get up and go to work, that I could make the choice to you know, do other things or to be with my family. So, you know, often it's not the work itself. It's just the way that it is logistically and structured from a time point of view. I guess the the extension of all of this is to really talk about the common human experience that I've witnessed. And that is that, you know, we spend so much of our lives striving for financial independence. I know that that was incredibly true for me so that we can get on with the things that really matter in life. And that's what we tell ourselves. Like when we reach financial independence, then we will get on with the important stuff, the things that we're passionate about, the causes that we care about. And the truth of the matter is that when financial freedom inevitably arrives, most people don't know what those things are, what those important things are. So, you know, what I want to kind of express here is if you are listening to this podcast, then I would say that you are, you know, already someone setting yourselves apart from the rest of the investor populace and you are seeking to achieve financial independence much sooner than traditional retirement age. 
And let's take for granted that, you know, whether you make mistakes along the way or not, that you will ultimately achieve that. Maybe you spend quite a lot of time dreaming about what financial independence looks like for you. What will life be like? But I think we bust our gut trying to achieve something, but we don't actually have the strength to start making moves towards that exit ramp until we achieve it in its entirety. And so, the thing that I want to point out is that the path to financial independence is actually a gradual path. So, let's say, for example, you needed $100,000 to be financially independent. That's what you needed to run your household. But let's say you're at $50,000. So, your assets combined, whether it's shares, property, alternative investments, they combine to give you a passive income of about $50,000. Why won't you make any changes in the structure of your life? Why won't you take time out? I think so many people say that time is their highest value, that there are people, causes, commitments that they really care about, that they wish they had more time for. But even as we move towards that, there are a huge cohort of people who are just not prepared to start tweaking their life design. And ultimately, what that ends up doing is putting you in a position where you kind of, you get to a cliff and suddenly you have the freedom to have all this time and no idea what to do with it. So, the client of mine that I mentioned a moment ago, James, he was in a position where he'd achieved probably all of the passive income to run his baseline living needs plus some, and he still wouldn't give himself permission to even have half a day a week off so that he could participate more actively in the lives of his children. So, there was a sense of, well, I'm not going to actually take any life design considerations into account until I hit you know, the entirety of my aspirational goal. So, the best micro example of this is where perhaps you've had a day off unexpectedly or expectedly and no one else is around and you feel a little at a loss as to how to spend that time. Now, you may disagree with everything that I'm saying here and that's okay. Maybe you're the exception who knows exactly what they would do beyond working or active income. But I would say for the vast majority, it's this holy grail that we edify as the ultimate life goal. But essentially, when we get there or when we're in a stone's throw of that milestone, we postpone it. We justify it by saying, well, you know, I really like my work, so I'm going to keep going. We make no alterations to that. Or we say, um, it actually really matters to me to be known as Dr. So-and-so or to be known as, you know, the the big gun lawyer. And so, a lot of people, uh, I'm sure you've heard, have been really miserable in retirement because they haven't really thought much about what they would do with their time. So, you know, this idea that retirement is really miserable is the common thread. And if we're striving to achieve financial independence, let's say a couple of decades prior to traditional retirement, the real question we want to be asking ourselves is who do we want to be? If we're not the accountant or the plumber or the electrician or the sparky or the doctor, who are we? What is the impact that we want to have in the world? Now, I said to you before that for someone who's just starting their journey or maybe they're just partway through the first season of the journey around building wealth, This may seem like a completely ridiculous conversation, but I am telling you now, if you don't start to accommodate or consider 
what life design changes you will make at various milestones along the way, you will ultimately find that financial independence is not as fulfilling as you initially anticipated. I know in my own journey, I started off feeling like, well, you know, if I could get to the point where, you know, maybe we could cover a few bills, then that'll be fantastic and we can start to make some changes. Then it became, well, my husband was working really hard and I said, well, if he could get to the point where the pressure for him to earn as much isn't there, then we'll be able to make some life changes. And then it became, well, you know, actually we need more income than we were expecting because we now have teenagers, you know, so there's always a reason to kick the can down the road. But it's probably in the last few years that I really stopped myself and thought, you know, what is holding me back? What is stopping me from actually actively designing some kind of life after financial independence? It's been within my grasp for a long time, but, you know, it's very easy to just keep pushing that can down the road. So, guys, where I want to leave you today is reflecting on the idea of are you really prepared to redesign your life as you approach financial independence. Because if you are not, you need to actually uncover why. Part of our journey is really to create this phenomenal relationship with money. And unless we ask ourselves those hard questions, it's really hard to level up. So anyway, I hope this resonated. Love to hear your feedback and look forward to catching up with you next time. You've been listening to the Alternative Investing Podcast. If you're feeling frustrated that despite doing everything right in the property investing playbook and you're no closer to financial freedom, then head on over to inkosiwealth.com to learn more about how you can use alternative investments to catapult your investing income and blend strategies to shave decades off your timeline to financial freedom. See you on the next episode.